Peak Performance offers a revolutionary ED solution, scientifically proven to increase blood flow, sensitivity, and sexual performance, all with no side effects, no surgery, and no pills. Call 1-800-210-8181 today for a free evaluation. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens, and they kept repeating to me over and over again, Simultv.com, Simultv.com. What's Simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a Simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, Sonny Boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, Sonny Boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Roswell in the 21st century is a detailed re-examination of the Roswell UFO crash case. I have studied the evidence for more than 30 years, and I now put that evidence under a microscope in a cold case examination of the facts. These facts might not please everyone. They are based on my comprehensive investigation that took years to complete, but they do lead to the conclusion that whatever fell was not built on Earth. The best of Project Blue Book is based on the 22-year-long investigation conducted by the Air Force. But the book goes far beyond that, bringing in evidence that was uncovered long after Project Blue Book was ordered terminated. Using facts that were unavailable to the Air Force investigators, I was able to prove that the Air Force manipulated the data and drew unrealistic conclusions about the UFO sightings reported to them. My different perspective shows there was more to Project Blue Book than even the Air Force knew. Both books are available at Amazon.com. Join Patty Conklin and Healing Within Radio each week. More than entertainment, Healing Within offers educational, useful tools for everyday life. Listen for help overcoming fear, anxiety, and depression. Patty knows about eliminating cancer, MS, dementia, Parkinson's, and a host of illnesses that we face every day. Life can be good. Life is good. All you need are simple tools to start changing your life. Start right now by visiting pattyconklin.com, P-A-T-T-I-C-O-N-K-L-I-N. No matter where you are in the world, you can work with Patty through Skype, phone, or in person, visiting one of her retreats in Georgia. Visit pattyconklin.com today or call our offices at 404 474 0086. That's pattyconklin.com or call 404-474-0086. This is The Different Perspective with Kevin Randall. Kevin is a retired United States Army Lieutenant Colonel who has studied UFOs for more than 50 years. His military training has provided him with unique insight into military operations and UFO research. Kevin has investigated many of the most mysterious cases and has been consulted for dozens of documentaries and been interviewed on hundreds of radio and television programs about UFOs. Considered to be one of the leading experts on the Roswell UFO crash, Kevin has written more than 25 books about UFOs including Roswell in the 21st Century 
and encounter in the desert. A re-examination of the Socorro UFO landing. Now here is the host of A Different Perspective, Kevin Randall. And to this edition of A Different Perspective, I'm Kevin Randall. Before I bring on Kurt Collins, and we're going to talk about some almost breaking news in the UFO field here, uh, I wanted to say a couple of things. First of all, in the last couple of days, I watched the latest episode of Project Blue Book, and I don't even know why they bother to call it Project Blue Book anymore. It has absolutely nothing to do with it. Last, the last episode I saw, they were with Russian pilots who had, were carrying an atomic bomb across Canada, and they crashed, and there may have been a UFO involved. I don't know what the hell's going on there. The one thing I will notice about that, the office for Project Blue Book is filled with windows. Here's a classified project with windows, people walking in and out the doors at, 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 their, at their will. It just doesn't make any sense. Not to mention their secretary is what would be called an airman basic. She has absolutely no rank whatsoever. I would think somebody would have given them a, a, a secretary at least an E5 or an E6, somebody with a little bit of experience in the, in the Air Force. But that's, that's neither here nor there. I just all wanted to bring that up. I had originally invited Kurt uh, on to talk about the Cash Landrum UFO sighting. This was the uh, two women and a grandson, I believe it was, who were injured by a UFO in December of 1980. And the thing that caught my attention was that, um, I think Kurt had mentioned it on his blog, and we'll get to that in a moment, but there had been some information published about their health problems after their UFO sighting. And, and it suddenly dawned on me that in December of 1980, at about the same time this was going on, the Rendlesham Forest landings were going on, and a number of the soldiers, the airmen involved in that, were also injured. John Burroughs being, I think, the only person who has ever been given full 100% disability based on injuries that involved a UFO sighting. But the Cash Landrum uh, people had attempted to get some kind of uh, retribution or some kind of payments from the government for their injuries by the close approach of the UFO, and they seem to have some of the same symptoms that, ex that, that uh, Burroughs and his colleagues were exposed to. But I just thought I would mention that briefly. Um, and that was what, what the purpose of the program was going to be, but I think, I think Kurt's got some other information that I think we'll find more timely. He is the author behind the Blueberry Lines website focused on UFO mystery, as well as legends and hoaxes. hoaxes. After a career in retail management, Kurt began writing about UFOs with a special interest investigating the paradoxical 1980 Texas Cash Landrum case, which I had mentioned. In uh, 2015, Kurt was on the investigative team, the Roswell Slides Research Group, that exposed the B-Witness alien photos fiasco. That was the um, image of what turned out to be um, a, a mummy of a child who who died some two or three hundred years prior to... Uh, the, the photos being taken there in the museum. Uh, more recently, he launched the saucers that time forgot with Claude Folkstrom, focused on unearthing tales of UFO history that has been overlooked and uh, that tales that UFO history has overlooked or would rather forget. A complicated sentence for me for some reason. Kurt lives in the southern United States near Jackson, Mississippi. His most recent work is published at Blueberry Lines, which is www.blueberrylines.com. It's all one word, blur, uh, blue blurry lines. Yes, a tongue twister for me. Blueberrylines.com. 
the saucers that time forgot is at the saucers that time forgot all one word at blogspot.com. He has also contributed chapter to Ruby, Rub, Ruby Graham's anthology, UFOs Re Reframing the Debate, which is a white crow book. Before I get anything else wrong with this, Kurt Collins, welcome to a different perspective. Well, thank you. Uh, uh, there is something that kind of bridges. You were mentioning the, the cash lander health uh, issues and and um, uh, John Burroughs' problems. Well, uh, Dr. Kit Green, he helped get Burroughs his uh, medical disability. Kit Green also was contracted by ATIP to write a paper on human effects for this uh, this uh, Pentagon study, and it included uh, the Cash Landrum case as a benchmark for that. Let, let so, me interrupt right. Let me interrupt right here. We're we're, we're moving into the the breaking news here. The ATIP program and some of the stuff that involved MUFON as well and how this whole came together. And I noticed it, I, I remember in the article, which is published at your blog, that you listed a number of people who were involved in writing these papers, which were um, commissioned by uh, Robert Bigelow and his uh, Bigelow Aerospace uh, Systems. So uh, just, that's just some of the background. So you were talking about Kit Green, and uh, he did the paper on the injuries people have suffered in relation to UFOs? It was, uh, of course, the, the language was kind of toned down. And his paper uh, was the only one that actually mentioned UFOs explicitly. That we have seen. You know, very few of those papers have surfaced. But that's right. And and the Cash Lanham case was kind of used as a benchmark compared to the other things they discussed. And this wasn't a really a medical study. It was just kind of an overview of the literature. So that was that's it was just kind of a way to get to get the cash landrum connected this in a little bit. But but uh so so what's going on here is a friend of mine who was also a member of the Roswell Slides Research Group, uh Roger Glassell, who is a uh, 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 he lives in Sweden. He writes for the uh the magazine uh UFO I think it's pronounced Archult. Oh I botched it. But um he uh, he has been on this ATIP story since it came out and really wanted to get the documentation to see what it's about. He's contacted, and it's been a number of Pentagon representatives since it, it first came out, but he's worked with them and as, uh, as a journalist and gotten statements from them and updates, and some of which were kind of surprising, some contradictory statements. And um, so recently, a magazine article came out um, popular Mechanics by Tim McMillan. And uh, in it, he mentioned this um, report from Bigelow's company, uh, a 494-page uh, book that was produced for the Pentagon. It's called the Bass 10-Month Study of, uh, of Cases. And one of the and things what, in it was... What is Bass? What is Bass? Oh, I'm sorry. That is Bigelow um, Aerospace... Let me, let me look at it here. I'm going to get this right. Bigelow Aerospace Advanced Space Studies. That was a, a company he created specifically to get this contract with the Pentagon for what was called OSAP. Which well, let's, was, let's, let, let's me interject one thing here because sure. I think it's important that Harry Reid, which is a, was a senator from Nevada, is a friend of Bigelow. And so this sort of uh, connection was the reason that Bigelow was kind of brought into uh, this study of UFOs. It was all sort of connected together. That's right. And it, 
Looking at the dates, it seems that this company Bass was created before the government contract was created. So that would suggest some kind of prior knowledge. But that's all I can say about that. But you're suggesting that there may have been, uh, dare I use the word collusion, uh, between... Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. Love getting prices that are lower than low on food that's fresher than fresh? Then shop at Kroger. We give you more ways to save on the fresh you love with tools like the Kroger app, where you can find personalized coupons on top of weekly sales, giving you prices that are lower than the everyday low. Kroger, fresh for everyone. It's the big $10 sale. So mix and match and get two, three, four, five, or even 10 for $10 with your card. So many great deals. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Steed and Bigelow to set up this com- company so that they could then propose to the Pentagon that they should be hired to consult on this UFO project? Government contracts do get initiated in that way. That's a, So moving on. <laughs> okay. Um, so this um, so this this report from Bigelow's company uh, that was produced, and and so one of the things that was interesting in the article because so much of the thing, like I mentioned, Kit Green's study mentioned UFOs. That was that was one thing in his article. He's the one that presented that. But the other studies we've seen are all things like theoretical aerospace, things like warp drives and wormholes and things like that that you couldn't definitely tied to UFOs. Well, this report was definitely about UFOs. There's a picture of a black triangle on the cover, and it, uh, Macmillan had limited access to it. He copied a couple of pages and things, but it was cover-to-cover UFO reports. And one of the things he mentioned was that uh, a specific MUFON case. So, well, Roger- well, wait, wait a minute. Let me, let me interrupt, and I'm going to have to break away here in a minute anyway. But let me interrupt. I want to make sure that we've got this. The... Um, we need to know the authors of the various reports. I think that's an important thing to know. The, the Name the authors of the various well, reports. Okay, on this particular report, it was it was just the author was the company, uh, Bass, Bigelow's company. So so this this we don't have. But I'm, this is this is what initiated the investigation. It's like where where did this how did this MUFON report get in here? What's the relationship? And so from there, that's. Roger, you know, he told me about it. I, I joined the hunt. Uh, we started con- contacting all the MUFON personnel who would have been involved in their, their field investigations at the time, the board members, the present former director. And um, so he, he, in question to someone, they said, well, here, I've got some information that might help. Well, well let, me interrupt. Yeah. let me interrupt. I'm sorry. I've, I've got to take a break here. Uh, the report, for those of you who want to look at it, the, the first part of it is up at www.blueblurrylines.com. I don't know why you had to pick such a tongue twister for me. <laughs> uh, my blog, of course, is www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. I'll put a link on my blog to 
this report as well, so it'll be easy to click on it. And we will be back right after this with Kurt Collins. We're talking about uh, some of the collusion between the UFO field and the industrial space complex. We'll be back right after this. Are you looking for psychic services that empower as well as provide accurate information? Jenny is a third-generation psychic with extensive esoteric training. A practicing professional intuitive for over 30 years, her accuracy is astounding. While most psychics can read what will happen to you if you don't change directions, Jenny understands the future is subjective. While there is a river of time we all traverse, that river has many waves, eddies, currents, and tributaries from which to choose. With Jenny e. as your guide, you can explore the many possible outcomes in the river of time and navigate your course to the one of your liking. Take control of your future. Book your life-changing session with Jenny today at www.gen-e.net. That's www.gen-e.net. Mission Evolution is dedicated to the well-being of the planet and animals, as well as the evolution of humankind. One major factor threatening all three is increasing toxicity. Heavy metals and other environmental toxins are poisoning our bodies, deteriorating our brains, blocking our spiritual connection, and shortening our lives. Yet these poisons are extremely difficult to remove. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, and I recently became aware of a product created from the marriage of nature and nanotechnology called Vitality. Is formulated from zoolite, whose crystalline structure binds toxins, gently carrying them out of the body. The light is only as clear as the window through which it shines. Clear your body, shine your light into the world. Visit VitalityHappens.com for a 20% discount. Enter code PATHHOME. In the mid-1990s, I was approached by a young woman who believed she'd been abducted by alien creatures. In conversations, I began a journey that took me not into the world of interstellar travel, but back through time into past lives. Under hypnotic regression administered by a professional rather than describing abduction, Jenny, as she is called, begins to tell a tale of horror in 19th century London. Her unbelievable past life seems to connect with Jack the Ripper and other monsters of the past. Throughout the session, Jenny provides a rich detail of her past life lives that links some of the most horrific killers in history to one another. Using the resources of a university library in the pre-internet's day, I was able to verify some of Jenny's claims. She has knowledge that wasn't readily available to a suburban housewife. Does this prove the reality of her tales? Conversations attempts to answer that and other provocative questions. Conversations is available at Amazon.com. Joined here by Kurt Collins, we're trying to sort our way through this um, mass of documents here and what was going on. Before we get into that, let me just remind you that the Best of Project Blue Book, which is a book that I've just completed, will be out available on April 1st, although it's already up at Amazon.com. And there are some other fine programs about the paranormal on the Exome Broadcast Network. So take a listen. 
take a look at the listings on the XO Broadcast Network website and uh, see what might spark your interest. When we went away, I was talking to Kurt Collins. We're, we're discussing this um, program that was designed by, I guess, Bigelow Space and uh, to the Pentagon to talk about UFOs or, or explore some of the stuff that leads up to um, the formation of the um, organization that was responsible for releasing the Tic Tac and a Lanzio uh, program and all of that sort of thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of blowing this as well. What we need to do is bring it, bring it back to the very beginnings, which is we've got Harry Reid talking to um, Robert Bigelow. There's a proposal to the Pentagon to not really study UFOs, but kind of study the stuff that is related to UFOs. So it's just exactly how did all of that kind of begin and, and lead us into that? Well, uh, Robert Bigelow is a, a billionaire aerospace uh, company owner. He has a long time interest in UFOs. So somehow he got this contract and it was to investigate Ford aerospace threats. And the weapon was in the name of the program. So the Advanced Aerospace Weapon Identification Program was a, This is the ATIP program that we've talked about before on this program. Exactly. It had a different name originally. Okay. And so. So Bigelow was, was given the contract to do these 12 studies for different characteristics for aerospace development. And it seems to, it, so it seems to be kind of disguised UFO research, you know. Now, if I remember correctly, when I read, read this stuff on your blog, at, um, which we'll say is www.blueburrylines.com, um, you mentioned that Bigelow had approached MUFON and these people were brought into it, and some of these people are well-known in the UFO field. Can you give me some of these, who wrote these first reports, these 12 documents? Do you, can you tell us who all these people were? The, sure. Uh, now, John Schuster was the person that he uh, approached, and he was the ex-director of the Mutual UFO Network, the largest UFO group in the USA. And was, it was only Was he the director at the time he was approached, or had he already moved on? He, he had moved on, but still closely aligned with the organization in its operation. Uh, and his, it was James Carrion who was the director at the time. And it was almost like a, you know, father looking over the son's shoulder relationship. Um, so, and it was, uh, a Schuessler was approached by Mr. Bigelow, and it was only John Schuessler that knew who was Bigelow's sponsor. In other words, the government involvement was kept secret and everyone was just said, you know, trust Mr. Bigelow and he's got a, he's got a deal for us. He wants us to do work for him. He wants us to produce these 12 papers on the airspace characteristics of, uh, of lift and uh, propulsion and control. You know, it was 12 different, different topics and it didn't sound necessarily like UFOs at all. And, and the words UFO weren't actually to be mentioned. So um, and some of the so MUFON created a special group uh, to do this, and this is this has only just now been revealed. It's called MUFON Advanced Technology Establishment, and it was um, Dr. Bob Wood, who was a former McDonnell Douglas Aerospace Engineer, and Chuck. Um, let's see, um, Robert Powell was another one, I believe. It was Chuck Maudlin, and. I've forgotten the other name, but I have the four, you know, four listed in, in the article. And they, so they produced, they were asked to produce 12, but they were only given a, a, 
a month's deadline, but they they managed to produce the five papers for which they were paid uh, ten thousand dollars, and uh, so that that was a that was a the first contract, and once that was successfully done, Robert Bigelow, he was under pressure to keep his Pentagon funding. He said, and, and like I say, these, those papers did not necessarily look like UFO product, but the next thing definitely was. But, wanted, all, but all the people who were writing these papers were deeply involved in the UFO field. Oh, absolutely. And, Very well known. And there was payment made to them through Bigelow's company? That's right. And Bigelow was, uh, was sponsored by the DIA? Exactly. And the DIA is the Defense Intelligence Agency? That's right. And um, the and, and I guess it all comes under, under the Department of Defense. I'm, I'm not sure exactly how the relationships work, but it was government money for UFO research. And that's, a, that's an interesting and unprecedented um, circumstance as far as I know. And, 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 and remember, only one party knew who was paying the bill. Everyone thought it was, you know, Robert Bigelow and perhaps another, who knows, maybe they thought it was Lockheed or some other aerospace giant that they were in a secret partnership with. But so once this was successfully done, he sort of drops the idea about the papers. And, and we now know he farmed that out to, to other people. What they did instead was he wanted them to investigate uh, UFO sightings. And he created... Um, well, MUFON already had a program. They called it Star Team, um, which was for, oh, it's some made-up thing, but, you know, Strike Team Area Research, something they like were, that. They were a quick reaction force. If a, if a really hot UFO sighting came into the MUFON headquarters, these guys would be dispersed or deployed into that area to gather the information as quickly as possible. That was the plan, but MUFON's an all-volunteer organization, so they, you know, it would it would be travel expenses out of their pocket, and you know, so it wasn't it wasn't really practical. But when when Robert Bigelow came along, he was going to fund the program for uh, and give them a budget of fifty fifty six thousand dollars a month, which to a struggling UFO organization was just incredible, and so they uh, they hired um, and and they worked this out with you know a series of negotiations. Um, so that they would have a 24-7 force uh, operating in shifts. These would be salaried investigators, travel expenses reimbursed, and then there were also like in performance incentives. So, so this was a big operation. And Wait a minute. Was, Perform do, do you know what these performance incentives were? You know, the, the, it's in a slideshow presentation and the documents that we have. I, I, I don't know exactly, but it was, you know, it was like, it, it was just almost any any performance based job. I mean, it was like well, a, it just seems to tip me that from a, the employer. It just seems to me that a performance based bonus would create its own bias. That you would maybe maybe overlook something that was disconfirming of what people wanted to believe to to manipulate the data to go for the bonus. Well, yeah, it's it's kind of like when a cop gets a bonus for passing out speeding tickets, you know, and some of them may not be that deserved. So it does affect the performance of the job. Uh, over eager person could distort things. Um, but that's, that was in there for whatever reason. So what we've got here now is we have information, data, documents suggesting that the DIA was funding Bigelow, who was funding MUFON, who was now paying their investigators I'm sure they were selected specific, I mean, 
targeted investigators, not just everybody could could glom onto this, to investigate UFO sightings and funnel this information back to MUFON, to Bigelow, and into the DIA and their ATIP program? That's right. And there were there were a number of associated issues with that. The the um the investigators had to have background checks with which it has some questions like your uh, nationality, which normally a UFO investigator, you wouldn't care about. So, but the, having a security clearance would. And uh, other things like, and then on the UFO reporting forms, because MUFON had a computer-based online form. Well, all of a sudden a third party consent form was on there. And, you know, most people didn't know why, but that's because the company, uh, Bigelow's company was getting this information. And, and so, uh, someone reporting a UFO, it's possible that your event and your contact information could have been passed on to the government. And I don't think a lot of people would be comfortable with that. Well, let me let me put in a personal anecdote here. I was at the MUFON conference, and I can't remember whether it was 2010 or 2011, and Bigelow came up to me and asked me if my security clearance was still good, because I had just uh, retired from the military. I had a top secret military, uh, top secret clearance. And he asked me about that, and I said, as far as I know, it's still good. Um, but uh, it, that seems to suggest that he might have uh, wondered if I would be able to uh, pass one of these security checks more easily than someone who'd never had a security clearance. Just an well, interesting aside. Uh, well, that you know, I meant to ask you about that. That should have been the 2009 conference, and he, he was uh, given some kind of award and recognition of his contribution to, uh, to MUFON. So, uh, yeah, and it, but he was circulating. In fact, that's one of his few public appearances in connection with UFOs, at least at, at the time. So, uh, because he's, he's sort of, well, I don't know how many of your listeners are familiar with Howard Hughes, but he kind of has that same reputation as being mysterious and, and so forth uh, and distant. But, um, yeah, that interaction is interesting. That security question is particularly interesting. Well, we're going to have to take another break here, which um, I'm sorry, but we just have to do that. Um, I'm here with Kurt Collins. We're discussing, I guess, the connection between the DIA, Bigelow uh, Space Industries, and MUFON and their investigation of UFOs, and money being piles of money being funneled into MUFON um, at that time. The for those of you that really want to get the details, the nitty gritty, you can find it at www.blueblurrylines.com. I keep wanting to say blueberry lines, but blueberrylines.com. And I will put a link on my blog at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. Take a look at that, um, or, or get to that uh, as easily as possible. I will be back right after this with Kurt Collins, and we'll see if we can sort this out. How would your life change if you could develop the business and personal skills that you need in order to make more money? Do you want to learn how to achieve your big life goals faster? Then go to findhiddenmoney.com and get the Goal For It online course. The course teaches you how you can set and achieve your biggest goals while completely overcoming the roadblocks to your goals so that you can realize your dreams and imagine more success. Go to findhiddenmoney.com. 
If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar's sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide audience if you have seen a ufo had a close encounter seen a ghost bigfoot lake monster or a story that you would like to share or have investigated contact me rob mcconnell by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll free 1-800-610-7035 extension 143 and on skype xzone radio tv for more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, always remember Exxon Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Memorable dynamic presentations are a not-so-secret weapon in the business world. Do you have a powerful message that must be shared, but you haven't found a way to deliver that message? Do you want to be known as a top public speaker who gets amazing results? Are you ready to create and deliver your powerful message? Thomas Hides can help you create and deliver your speech to get the results you desire. Visit IconQuality.com. I am here with Kirk Collins. We're talking about, I guess, sort of another secret government UFO investigation. Um, We've. I don't think there's anything really nefarious by by Bigelow hiring MUFON to do UFO investigations, but uh, apparently Harry Reid has been subpoenaed to go in front of Congress to explain the funneling of some of the money into Bigelow's company uh, in the last few weeks. I mean, subpoenaed in the last few weeks, not the money in the last few weeks. So there's more stuff going on behind the scenes about this. But what we have here, and, and Kurt, jump in if I've got this wrong, we, we've, we've got um, a government-sponsored UFO investigation using the uh, personnel of MUFON to do the investigation, which seems to me to be a little bit sloppy because what are the qualifications of the people who are at, at MUFON who are doing the investigations? Well, that's, that's true. I mean, they're... they're um... Very few of these, the actual investigators were scientists, 
But I think what Bigelow, what he was interested in MUFON is that they, you know, their name is UFO Network, and they did have nationwide reach and resources. So he he wanted them to locate the cases, and then he would have his own team of scientists, some of them participating in the investigations. If there was any evidence collected, he would have them analyze it. So they were they were sort of like if you want to compare it to the police force, MUFON was the beat cops. These guys were the detectives and the crime scene investigators. And we know who some of the people are that were doing the scientific research. Yes, um, Dr. Colm Kelleher, I think that was his name is pronounced. He's a biochemist. He was, um, I think, he was the second in charge in the uh, deputy administrator. I think is his name. I th- and there's some other people. There's been some well, de- detective well, let's, work. Let's go. Let's go back here for just a moment. This fellow you've mentioned wasn't he a member of the NIDS organization that Bigelow had set up to investigate the the paranormal and that sort of thing? Exactly. And this this organization was was Robert Bigelow's own independent group, as far as we know, without government backing. And it was it was kind of an all star team of UFO scientists. Uh, and John Schuster was was a member of that during the time he was on MUFON. Uh, Jacques Vallée, the famous um, uh, French uh, ufologist, who is the basis they say for the character in uh, Close Encounters, and, and, and uh, worked closely with Dr. Hynek. Exactly, and and you know the it's, it's, there are other names probably that that the average person wouldn't recognize, but are are famous in the UFO community, and those same people, almost to a man, wound up. In associated with the Bigelow's effort with the government contract. So we have we have people. Well, I, like Dr. Robert Woods. I mean, he was an aerospace engineer, so he has some, I guess, background in this sort of thing. I'm not sure exactly what uh, John Schuessler's background is. Um, also, but aerospace. It, aerospace, but but so he. Bigelow has set up kind of a two-tiered thing here with the MUFON investigators locating the, the the. Uh, sightings, doing the initial contact with the witnesses, and that that information is forwarded to this other team, and that would be that that be, be the mate team that you talked about earlier. They they were contracted only to do the do the paperwork. So so basically, what we have here was a one way flow of information. Mufon found the UFO sightings, channeled the information. And then they basically never heard anything back from it. I mean, what the exchange was information for money. So MUFON was well paid for this. And well, remember this: you're dealing with volunteers and donations. So usually I, there's I, I, little or nothing. I'm talking about the organization, the organization was well paid for this. Exactly. It didn't necessarily funnel down into the field investigators. Although, didn't they? Didn't uh, Bigelow's purchase uh, a large number of the field investigators manuals well yeah that, that was uh, he he for his team of, of roughly 50 people they they purchased 45 manuals so that was almost a two thousand dollar sale to move on that they would have not made otherwise but but remember we did have field investigators that were hired as a, you know i mean that would that was their their became their job uh, have, have you reviewed the field investigators manual at all no. I'm just wondering how how technical it is, and 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 uh, is it a good basis for building a field investigator? I think I think it's 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 good common sense information. I happen to know, 
from a friend, the late James Mosley, that he had uh, he took the test, but he told me it was an open book test. So he he got passed as a field investigator. Uh, so you know the standards for passing the test, if it's truly an open book test, can't be that tough. But we've got these field investigators supposedly now involved in this this uh, organization to move information up up the chain of command. We're, and, and again, I want to I want to stress, we're not suggesting anything nefarious here. We're just trying to sort out exactly what's going on. And what we end up ultimately is with the ATIP program. Is that correct? That's that's right. And and it it is said that ATIP was slightly different from the way it began. And the big difference seems to be um, what, what MUFON never knew was the clock was ticking and that the contract had to be renewed each year. They had to produce, perform, the Pentagon had to be happy or there was never any renewal. And so um, uh, Robert Bigelow had big demands, you know, expectations for, you know, he's paying the money, he wants, he wants to show results. Well, he wasn't happy with what he's getting. And first, he cut their funding uh, by about half. And that, that caused a big strain, especially when, you know, when all of a sudden you had people's salaries based on the amount that he was, was getting. And that wound up having this huge financial uh, dispute between the, the two organizations, and they didn't renew. So MUFON, which had invested all sorts of things, you know, they had you know, they, they'd hired people. Um, I can't think of all the expenses that were associated, but you know, it was just like if you had a contract with a restaurant and all of a sudden they're supposed to serve a crowd of a thousand instead of a hundred customers, they have all this uh, structure that's around the larger base. And if it's cut off and all of the customers are gone, well, they're crippled. And that's what happened to MUFON. And they, that when the contract was suddenly pulled, they were left broke. And, and when the word got out, basically humiliated, from the experience, and, and they had no idea what was going on behind the scenes. Did they did they investigate any cases that were really uh, interesting? That that um, you know we we talked like Rendlesham Forest or Level Land, Texas, and these cases are really interesting and really fascinating. But did they investigate any of those cases that that would have uh, been of that interest? That kind of got lost into the black hole. There are not not the headline cases like you mentioned. There were about seventy cases, and I've got a I've got a second part to this article coming out next week, and that will include the database of the the actually sixty nine cases that that were investigated and sent sent to Robert Bigelow and possibly on to the Pentagon. But were there the were, cases, were were there landing trace cases? Were there radar cases, photographic cases, abduction cases? Do we have an well? You have an idea of, of what these cases entailed? I've not studied them in detail. I noticed there were quite a number of them that were described as UAVs, which I guess would be drones. But there was there was at least one um, of the uh, the supposed landing trace cases, and um, but you know, it was a variety of them. It was just not. It wasn't a particularly good year for UFOs, but you know it, it's you know so which maybe that's part of the reason that the contract was was ended because not only did um, did MUFON get cut off the next year, Bigelow's company got cut off, and and that was the end of it. And I think the program continued as changed the name to ATIP without any funding. Most of the money, by the way, 
went directly to Robert Bigelow and he spent it on whatever he was doing. Some of it went to MUFON, some of it went to contracting the reports like the Kit Green paper I mentioned earlier. And, uh, but then once that was cut off, Bigelow, like he had done to MUFON, then he cut his own company. He had his regular aerospace company to run and he shut down the UFO side, which was called Bass. And those people were out on the street. So we've got um, UFO reports that went to the went to the government. Um, Bigelow didn't produce the results that the government wanted, or could it be that they got the information they wanted and there was no reason to continue on? That's that's possible. And as you know, we mentioned that that originally the Pentagon wanted papers in twelve areas. Mufon produced five for them. He contracted thirty-eight, and 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 several of those were by people that. Well, the, the UFO audience would know people like Eric Davis, Hal Putoff, Kit Green wrote one of them. Um, those, those were the most recognizable names, and some of those wrote more, more than one paper. And, and supposedly 10 million or more was spent on, on just those papers, which is a, a large sum. Well, um, I know Bigelow at one point had a big interest in UFO um, abduction cases, so I'm wondering, if, did that information filter into any of this as well? The, the, the large report I mentioned earlier, the 494 page, that apparently was comprehensive and covered the, we, we, that hasn't been released. We don't have that. But I, the, Tim McMillan, the reporter that did the popular mechanics story, he, he gained access to it and he's described it. And apparently there was everything from the Skinwalker Ranch to abductions, to reports of, you know, and these are not documented things, but these are things that were discussed. Uh, and one that was kind of documented is the reports of UFOs over military bases. And apparently there's a large section on that. Well, let me let me cut you off there because I've got to take a break. Uh, the reports and the information is up at www.blueblurrylines.com. My blog is www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. I will be back with Kurt Collins right after this, so stick around. Simultv.com. What's Simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a Simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, Sonny Boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, Sonny Boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. 
In the mid-1990s, I was approached by a young woman who believed she'd been abducted by alien creatures. In conversations, I began a journey that took me not into the world of interstellar travel, but back through time into past lives. Under hypnotic regression administered by a professional rather than describing abduction, Jenny, as she is called, begins to tell a tale of horror in 19th century London. Her unbelievable past life seems to connect with Jack the Ripper and other monsters of the past. Throughout the session, Jenny provides a rich detail of her past lives that links some of the most horrific killers in history to one another. Using the resources of a university library in the pre-internet's day, I was able to verify some of Jenny's claims. She has knowledge that wasn't readily available to a suburban housewife. Does this prove the reality of her tales? Conversations attempts to answer that and other provocative questions. Conversations is available at Amazon.com. Mission Evolution is dedicated to the well-being of the planet and animals, as well as the evolution of humankind. One major factor threatening all three is increasing toxicity. Heavy metals and other environmental toxins are poisoning our bodies, deteriorating our brains, blocking our spiritual connection, and shortening our lives. Yet these poisons are extremely difficult to remove. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, and I recently became aware of a product created from the marriage of nature and nanotechnology called Vitality. It's formulated from zoolite, whose crystalline structure binds toxins, gently carrying them out of the body. The light is only as clear as the window through which it shines. Clear your body, shine your light into the world. Visit VitalityHappens.com for a 20% discount. Enter code PATHHOME. I'm about to wrap things up with Kurt Collins here on A Different Perspective. We've been talking about um, government influence and UFO investigation and that sort of thing. One of the things that has disturbed me about this, and we really haven't gotten far into it, and, and it's a different direction, is there's a lot of nonsense in the UFO field. And I'm thinking of cattle mutilations. I'm thinking of what I refer to as crap circles. Uh, and others do as well. All of this ancillary nonsense in in the UFO field. Is there any evidence, or does anybody understand the, the problems of discriminating between what is good information and what is really kind of the nonsense that sort of circles around the UFO community? There, in in their study, apparently they were including some things like uh, Skinwalker Ranch, which some of the things sound a lot more like ghost stories than a than UFO case that can be you know where you can collect evidence and examine it scientifically. So, well, shouldn't shouldn't we point out that they've given up on the Skinwalker Ranch and Bigelow has sold it or somebody else has purchased it or they moved their investigation away from that? that that's that's true, and that but it, it took many years for that to happen. Uh, one of the things that that's odd is that we hear that during the time of this study, where there was all this government funding, that the there was there were a few guards at Skinwalker Ranch, but there wasn't a scientific investigation, and and yet that's the story told by Harry Reid, the the senator that helped get this whole program started. He makes it sound like that was a prime importance, but if money wasn't being spent there, well, where did it go? Well, let me ask. Let me ask a question that really kind of. We'll get back to the money in just a moment here, but I want to make sure I'm clear on this. That that 
this initial stuff that we've been talking about with with MUFON and the investigate star investigating teams and all of that led to the creation of ATIP or a continuation of a uh, of a program that is now called ATIP that got directly to the ATIP program. Well, as now uh, Louis Elizondo has has talked about ATIP more than anyone else, and ATIP's all we've heard about, but apparently. ATIP was actually kind of the end of the program after the funding was cut, and and it, it probably shouldn't even be called a program. I think it was more of a portfolio, and you know it was done without funding, and it was kind of a network of government employees who were continuing to gather reports, and we're not actually sure what they did, and there's been no paperwork from that whatsoever. It's just been kind of generally described. So, but I think, I think, a tip was what things were when they were were fading away, and all the meat was, as best we know, that happened during the Bigelow days when the teams of MUFON, his own team of scientists at uh, Bigelow Aerospace, were working on things. Is there any indication that there's another program that uh, might be going on in secret? Do we have any information like that? There's no hint of it, but you know, if you look at the people that were involved. They, you know, they're the ones that seem to have been involved in everything. And some of these people, like uh, Dr. Hal Putoff, uh, Kit Green, some of these people were involved in some other strange things that were government programs before, like the uh, remote viewing program, you know, which was basically psychic research. And it's just strange to think that that's all connected with UFOs, but, um, and, and the fact government contracts were involved in both. Well, the, the, the other question that comes up, because we've talked a little bit about the money and uh, gobs of money, hundreds of thousands of dollars going to MUFON, which is a nonprofit organization. Is that is there an indication of a violation of um, their status as a nonprofit? Or is well, that something beyond our, our capability of understanding? Well, the, the way this whole story came out was that that when when Roger was investigating, someone on the inside passed some documents, which included the the contracts with MUFON and and Bigelow's company and some internal emails and in those emails we see them saying is it right for us to do this with our nonprofit status and this money and they basically they now I don't know what the legal justification is but their justification was that the money would go into the organization to fund their UFO research and therefore it fulfilled their mission so now, now what a tax attorney would say, I don't know. But so we, we, we have reached the point where we really kind of run out of the questions about the money. We, we don't know uh, if, it, if it involved anything that might have, not, might have been nefarious uh, because of their nonprofit status. Well, well on the nefarious side, the, the, I think there was some suspicion by some people, some some UFO, you know, even some MUFON state directors that, you know, who was behind this contract? Well, it, you know, and there were rumors. Um, but when the when the New York Times story broke with ATIP, one one line in the story said that uh, Robert Bigelow's company hired subcontractors and solicited research for the program. That was when the cat was out of the bag. And that was when we knew that this MUFON contract was funded by the Defense Intelligence Agency, that the Pentagon was behind this research. They received it, and all the information 
flowed through Bigelow to the government, and some of that information we'll ne probably never have access to. Well, this strikes me as something the government has done repeatedly in the UFO field. We were told that, uh, well, somebody was told many, many years ago before I was even born, that they, they were going to investigate the flying saucers, and it was called Project Saucer, but the real name was Project Sign. They announced the Project Sign was closed, that they had finished their investigation, but they just changed the name to Project Grudge, and they kept going. They announced that Grudge was closed. It was ended. Um, they changed the name to Blue Book. Blue Book was closed. We find out later that there was something called Moon Dust that continued on, um, and, and now we're finding out that... Uh, We've got this investigation that was cloaked in secrecy, which may have been good industrial reasoning behind, but we've got this, this investigation cloaked in secrecy that's led to the ATIP program, which may or may not have ended. And so the question becomes, is there another program going on somewhere else that is still studying UFOs? And if so, doesn't that make UFOs much more important than we've been led to believe? That's that's a great question, and and one of the things is this could be tied up in this a, a government contract with a private company, and and we you mentioned earlier about John Schuessler and what his background was. Well, he was an aerospace engineer, and he worked for McDonnell Douglas, and some people say, well, you you work for NASA, and he would always say, no, I work for McDonnell Douglas, who has a contract with the Johnson Space Center and NASA, so the same kind of relationship. You don't work directly for the government, but your company works for the government, and that allows your your government to I mean your the company to consider this proprietary information and it's shielded from things like Freedom of Information Act requests. so it's it's possibly a way to dodge the information. And, you know it's just it, it's the lack of transparency. So there may be something else going on that we don't know about. But I think the real point here is, since 1947, the U.S. government, in various guises, have been investigating UFOs. Even after they said, we're not investigating anymore, there's no national security threat, we don't care about UFOs anymore, they've actually continued to investigate UFOs in some form. And, and you know, recently they've admitted it. Uh, now, they're not interested in the UFOs that the average person thinks of so much, you know, that, that it might be a space alien and a flying saucer. They're interested in, they're, you now they're calling that unidentified aerial phenomena. And, and, and what's, that term is used so loosely, it's frustrating because that, to them that includes a, a, a drone of unknown origin, which I think, you know, that, that's sloppy. That should be a different category altogether. But what they've said is that each branch, the Navy, the Air Force, whoever, now maybe the Space Force, they all handle their own investigations. Now, that doesn't mean they necessarily have a UFO department, but it, it, at the very least, it's part of any case that they would investigate of an unknown aircraft. So technically, yes, they're, they're UFO investigations. Well, we're out of time. I can't help it. We're just flat out of time. Kurt Collins, the uh, website is www.blueblurrylines.com for those of you interested. And I'll put up a link. The uh, Saucers That Time Forgot is at the saucers that time forgot .blogspot com, And I'll put up a link to that as well. Uh, Kurt, 
thank you for taking time to uh, chat with us about this. And I hope we've clarified some of that and opened a few doors that uh, people might have thought of closed, uh, suggesting that there's something more to the UFO field than what we've been led to believe uh, for the last 70 some years. Thanks for well, thanks for joining me here on A Different Perspective. Oh, glad to be here. And once we get more information, I'll have you back and see if we can get a little bit more transparency on this. Well, I just want to say that with this coming out, I think it's going to encourage more people to, in the program to give them the freedom now that now that the, the lid is kind of blown off of this. And, you know, much more could come out of it. Okay. Well, thank you very much. All as right, I say, you. as I say, um, take a look at Roswell in the 21st century. We and, and Kurt talked a little bit about the... Uh, uh, Roswell Slides Research Group. I've got a long section about that in the book. Uh, it tells you that whole sorry scenario at length. Notice the nice alliteration there, by the way. Uh, also coming out is the best of Project Blue Book, which is uh, some of the cases in Project Blue Book. And I've taken a, taken not only that information, Project Blue Book, but, but expanded on it to information that was developed long after Blue Book co closed. And as I say many, many times, there are other fine programs of, about the paranormal on the X-Zone Broadcast Network. Uh, so take a look at that. And I will be back next week, and I'm going to be talking to John John Harzad about some of this and see if we can get some clarification from the MUFON end of it. You have been listening to A Different Perspective on the X-Zone Broadcast Network. I appreciate you tuning in. Thanks for listening, and we will be back in about 167 hours.